Mike, Catherwood, and Dr. Drew Pinsky from Loveline here with some very good news. You see, my boys of Podcast One, home of the Mike and Dr. Drew podcast, are now also giving you Loveline as a free podcast. What? Woo! You mean no more paywall, no more paying? Absolutely free. Just go to podcastone.com and click on the Loveline show icon. Shows will be right there for you to download. Right, you know, people have been asking about this for years. Now you can listen to the Loveline radio show wherever you want, whenever you want. At podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 106. This episode is coming to you from Sunday, February 25th, 1996, with Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond. Now there is a partial version in the fan archive, but it's severely edited. The fan recording also placed this one at February 25th, so we have dual confirmation on the date on this one. Not that we need it. Back on episode 104, Adam's gas was referenced. Uh, for those unfamiliar, Adam's farting abilities would become legendary. Something that uh, happened throughout the 10 years of his run at Classic Loveline was some of the funniest nights recorded in the show's history directly involving Adam's farting. In this episode, he describes driving to Vegas with some of his old Acme comedy Comedy troupe lighting farts the whole way. One of his most legendary stories. Kristen and Rodney are both pretty decent guests. The show would come to be cancelled by June of 96, so this is their only appearance together, and I do believe the only appearance for both of them in the archive. This is a legendary and historic episode, just based on the one reveal. There are many other interesting topics and calls, including a very specific hilarious phone call towards the end of the night. As per usual, this was recorded in 1996. Some of the medical device is going to be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catholic on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo. out before we get started here on Loveline tonight, because we have an action-packed show planned for you kids tonight. We have Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond, the Fox series. Uh, haven't seen it. Drew hasn't seen it. Because we're broadcasting. Oh, that's right. Otherwise, we'd see it, but we're going to get you to see it, because I hear it's good. It was created by the guy who did uh, the X-Files. So anyway, the phone number is 1-800-LOVE-191, 1-800-568-3191. The fax number, 310-854-4455. And before we go to the phones, I have to say that uh, last night, went over to Drew's house yeah. for a little dinner. All right. Our first social excursion. Right, right. Because people people often ask, you know, you guys get along. It sounds like you hate each other. What Do you see each other after the show? Do you hang out? You, you know, that kind of stuff. People are curious what our relationship is. Right. And I think it's a good relationship, right. but you're a real busy guy. Right. And, you know, we have different lives. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have your kids waiting at home. Yes. I have my born pornography collection, <laughs> and they both need tending to, as you as you well know. Now if I find you stop, stealing stop, my underwear stop, again, stop, stop, here's stop, what's going to happen. See, <laughs> see, I can talk over that stuff. No. See, Mike, we... Engineer Mike, will you shut his mic off when you do those things, please? That is a new love line policy. But I went to Drew's last night with his lovely wife, Susan, and his three mongrel kids. 
and his uh, lovely au pair. Is that what you call her? Uh, nanny. Nanny. Right. So uh, when do you get to be an au pair, by the way? What's the know. difference? I think you're a lot younger when you're an au pair. Well, she... Forget about her. These kids are all the same age. They're all they're, three. They're triplets, right. They're all three years old. Right. And it's like Lord of the Flies over there. These <laughs> kids are nuts. They're bouncing off the walls. They can't yeah. keep their jammies on to save their lives. They're walking around nude completely. Right. Which, which is, you're used to it, right. but I feel like a pedophile. I do. It's un- It's a little weird. It's a little weird. It's like, hey, there's little Drews. You know, I mean, it's it's not like I'm looking at your penis, but in a way, I am. Hopefully, yours is a little bigger. But what I'm saying is it's a little bit weird. You, you understand? Yeah, there's nothing we can do about it either. That's why we decided next time we're going to take you out to a restaurant, not subject you to all that. Because There's you- nothing we can do about it. But yeah, I know because Drew would put the granimals on the kids, the Spider-Man undies or something like that. Boom! They come flying right off. Oh yeah! Immediately, and everyone's just—it's a—it's a—it's a big nude fest over there. It's like uh, something that some sicko put on the internet. All right. And I don't know now. Now, see, I wasn't really uncomfortable, but I felt bad that I've seen your kids naked. Is that a natural? I guess we don't feel bad about it. And we we feel bad that we can't change their behaviors. That's just one of many behaviors we can't change. Oh, they were you know, triplets are a whole different thing too. I mean, if you had one kid, you could sit it there and keep after him or her. But right. with triplets, you're just outnumbered so badly, you just kind of got to go with it a little bit. I was scared to death that someone was going to die. Just because they I were jumping there. off furniture onto the floor? They would climb onto a, an end table, which was about two and a half feet off the ground, and then they would climb onto, it was really a sort of an architectural detail of the house. It's right. the kind of thing where you'd set a potted plant right, up right, there when right. you walked in. It was about five feet off the ground, and then they just dive down onto the carpet. Right. But immediately to the right and two feet lower, which made about six feet now, was ceramic tile. Right. And I was scared to death that they're going to land on that. Could, could we have stopped them from doing that? No, I don't no. think so. No, there's no I way. don't think so. There's no but way. I, there's got to. You have to tether them to some kind of maypole or something. That'd be good. We, yeah, listen, you can you can construct a cage for us. As far as I'm concerned, it's something. I, I, I all I could uh, can say to those of you out there that are thinking about having kids. Drew, you ought to just have people. You know that? Remember that that program, Scared Straight, yeah. where they take like felons, little young convicts and, and teenagers who had brushes with the law, yes, yeah. and they bring them through the penal system and they put them down with a couple of cons, and the guy would say, "Hey, mofo, give me your shoes." And the guy would pull out his glass eye and do all that kind of stuff. Maybe sodomize a couple of the teenagers once in a while, just for realism. Drew, you ought to have. Teenage women just paraded through your home. Just spend five minutes there. You want to know what you're in for when you don't use birth control? This could be you. And if you wonder why, you know, it's so difficult for people to do good child rearing, think about that. If you weren't prepared or stable or have resources, I mean, imagine that. And minus the nanny, too, for a lot of people that don't have the money Uh to do that. Yes. All right. Not that I don't love them like they're my own. (laughs) Just don't want to see them again. Daniel. Hey, you're on Loveline. Hey, Adam Drew. Hey. Uh, I have a pledge for you, Adam Land, for Adam Land. Yeah, there's a... There, wait, where's Adam Land? Uh, a land of Adams, like people like you. Oh, really? There's yeah. such a place? I thought the I thought the Nazis got to them in the early 40s. All right. I pledge allegiance to the sperm of the United States of Adam and to the Budweiser of which it wings in one station under Eve, Spice and Playboy, with beer and sex for all. Amen, brother. Well, <laughs> we're all. Ooh. How old? Hey, this guy was 13 years old, Drew. Uh, 
See, that's the other thing. I hope we're still around together when my kids are 12, 13, 14, because it's going to be... I mean, imagine that. No. I mean, how are we going to contain that? That's, it's going to no. be... Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <That's what> I... <laughs> no. Lisa. Hi. You're on Loveline. Good. Good. Okay. This question is probably for Adam. Okay. Okay. I want to know, why are guys so intrigued... With lighting their Oh uh, Yeah, probably for Adam. All right. Probably. These are, this is a twofold thing. Man's, okay. man's uh, preoccupation with lighting a fart. Or younger boys, and, and in my case, men. <clears throat> the situation is this. There's guys, there's, there's nothing guys like more than lighting fires in general. You know what I mean? Guys go through that phase, they're burning. Wait do your kids get into this, Drew. They're burning the army man and, oh, I'm melting, and all that kind of stuff. Lights everything on fire. Then they're infatuated with stuff that comes out of their ass. <laughs> so now you combine those two things, and you got a hobby. <laughs> I have been guilty of doing it. Drew, you've lit in a fart. No. Come on. It's, no. just, it's a scientific experiment no. you've lit in a fart. No. Really? Really. I, I got the greatest story in the world. I was driving to Vegas. When I, I used to be in this theater company, and one, like once every three months, we'd finish up a Saturday night show, be like 12 o'clock at night, and we'd all pile into one car and just head to Vegas for a day and a half and come back with right. our no money and our tail right. between our legs and hung over on Monday morning. We're driving to Vegas. I had a couple of beers and stuff before we left. I just I had a little gas. So I was in the back seat of this Honda, and I was just lighting them. All the way, I mean, you know, through Barstow and Baker and all the way to Vegas. I'm like, finally, the girl in the front seat just gets so fed up that when I cock my feet up on the back of the headrest and I yell for the lighter, she goes, right as I light the flame and put it up, she yells, none of this. And she rolls, she cracks the window. Well, the wind <laughs> blows the flame out and nothing but gas <laughs> comes on. I had to stop and get out of the car. So it does dissipate the smell. I can tell you that. Yeah, many. I I don't encourage it. Aren't you afraid you're like gonna light yourself on fire? I've never done it uh, in anything other than blue jeans. Well, that's good. Yeah, because I want that protective denim barrier. All right, Lisa. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, well, guys. We're, we're, yeah, thanks for that, Drew. Thanks for not admitting you've lit fire. No, no, no. Drew, you pick a call. We're off to Banner Star tonight, Joe. Hey. Hey, you're on Love Line. Hey, Gavin, Dr. Drew, how you doing? Good, Good Joe. Um, I got a little problem here. Um, I knew this, uh, my best friend for about five years now, and, uh, we tell each other everything or anything like that. And for the past year, I've gotten to really come close to her, and, and I really do like her a lot. And I've been, I tried to tell her, like, last week, you know, how I felt about her, but I can't just bring myself out to tell her. And I want to know maybe, like, how, what should I do, and, like, when was the right time? I'll tell you when the right time is, Joe. Now. Now? Yes. Because um, cause in school, like, we, she sees me in the hallway. She'll come up and, like, right. hold my hand, walk me through the uh -huh. class and stuff. But sometimes mm -hmm. she, like, she, like, act, she, like, she's, like, weird. She, she doesn't, like, act like she, like, likes me and stuff. Sometimes I feel she does. Sometimes she feels. Right. But your feelings, at least your anticipation of what she's going to return to you is different than how she perceives the relationship. Exactly. And exactly. she may not really understand what your feelings are right now. She may not actually return your feelings. That's another possibility. But it may just be that she doesn't understand how you're feeling. Unrequited love. Joe. Yeah. You have her number. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you let me talk to her? I guarantee you, even if she doesn't like you, when I'm done with her, she will. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm in Maryland. For Joe. Life. I'm in 11 o'clock right now, man. I'm just, she might be asleep. You know she's not sleeping. <laughs> she's probably listening right now. 
Uh, I don't know. Joe, she live at home? Yeah. Does her dad answer the phone? Probably her mom will. I think we should give it a try. You think? I think we should. You know why? Because I, I tell this to, to our listeners every night. It's going to eat you up. Mm-hmm. you got to find out. You need to know the truth. A lot of people, they put they put off the inevitable. And then they don't right. know. And in the interim, she's going to get herself another man. Maybe later tonight, quite possibly, if we don't get to her in the next few minutes. All right. You know? And then you're going to kick yourself. And then you're going to run into her at the reunion. She's going to be drunk. She's going to have nine kids. She's going to have a toothless husband who beats her every night. She's going to go, you know, Joe, I really wanted you for like a year, but nothing happened. And I never got the phone call that Sunday night. So I went off and met a new guy. And now my life's turned to hell. Do you want that, Joe? No. I don't know. No, I don't think you do. We're going to put you on hold, Joe. All right, man. And we're going to talk some sense in this young lady. All right. All righty. And until then, we have Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland. Am I pronouncing Roland right? Yeah, Roland. From Space Above and Beyond. You guys are a good-looking team. Thanks. I think. <laughs> you don't want to be here, Kristen? No, I do. I want to be here really bad. I'm so happy to be here. I am. <laughs> you do? No, I am, yeah. Yeah, I do. How's I do. the show doing? Um, I think it's doing well. We're having a good time. Describe. We, oh, we don't care if you're having a good time. We want oh. to talk about ratings here. Oh. We want to talk about money well, and listeners Okay, and let's sponsors. just put it this way. We're up against... Two shows, not in the top 100, not in the top 50, in the top 10. America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh. Horrifying. 60, yes. 60 minutes. minutes. Oh, well. I know. Yeah. So we're here to get all the Loveline listeners to watch our show because we know that's a huge audience. Oh, I have minions who will do my <laughs> bidding. I just say the word. They'll do more than that. They'll come over and paint your house if yeah. I ask them to. And it's a cooler show than either of those two shows. So. Well, 60 Minutes is pretty good. Well, you know, it's informative, but you can tape it. <laughs> yeah, these stories these these stories are what and we call you know evergreen. What? And always a lot be of around. them are kind of late, like the tobacco story and all those. I mean, those are stories that like we all knew so long ago, and we've heard them, and a lot of them are kind of like, Rerun stories. Right. Space Above and Beyond is about the future. I hear one of the one of the stories tonight on 60 Minutes is the Hindenburg crash they're going to get into. (laughs) You're right. So they're not timely. They're they're exploring the um, tomb of King Tut. Yeah. I remember when I was in fifth grade. That was like 75. Yeah. And they've they've been on the air, and not that we want to turn this into a 60 Minutes symposium, but they've been on the air for like 25 minutes. I know. uh, 25 years, pardon me, and and still do well. Solid, solid. And in the top 20. Yeah. But their listener base is dying. That's the way I figure it. Well, we're hoping. And at least the hosts of the show are going to die. Would you just put a pox on 60 Minutes? You cursed them, didn't you? I know. I'm sorry. No, I love 60 Minutes. And if it weren't up against our show, I would watch it. All right. Describe your show and do it in such a way. Take 30 seconds. Describe your show in such a provocative way that people are bound to watch it from now on. Rodney Rowland. Honey, you're on a roll. <laughs> I, I feel it. I see it. You're, 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 you're Ronnie, going. I'm so glad you have confidence in me. Um, Come on, Hodge. Okay, it's about <laughs> it's it's about um, Marine Corps officers. It's set in the future in the year 2060. It started out 2063, 100 years after the death of JFK. Right. It's about Marine Corps officers who go into um, a, a surprise war against an unknown um, enemy. Mm-hmm. I.e. the alien, i.e. a chig, because it looks like a chigger. Okay? That's uh-huh. the thing. 
It's like a chick. It. All right. So you're, it's 100 <laughs> years from when Kennedy died. Okay. And we go out and we fight in this war where the 50, and we, it follows the 58th Squadron, which we are a part of. We are. She's we, the leader. It's a very expensive I'm show. Really, incredible effects. It's it, written by yeah. the guys who, guys who did the X-Files, so it's very provocative that way. Are, is there, is, is there, um, there, well, I know there's no nudity, but, you know, are there, She's are, always, you want a tight, always like, commander's yeah. jumpsuit. And... Very tight. You should see this woman's body. <laughs> you know, actually, like it's really actually. actually just a good show. I mean, it's by the guys who did the X-Files, and they're really, really talented. It's got the best special effects on television. All right, so let's make a deal with the listeners. Okay. Those of you who really need to watch 60 Minutes can continue to watch it. And that's not a huge part of our listening group. But those of you who are watching America's Funniest Videos, come on. Yeah, that just scares me. You, how many times can you see a guy take a wiffle ball in the nuts? I mean, how many times? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not only that, but, you know, those poor kids. I mean, it's like, to me, it's a little bit like, you know, it's, I, I'm scared. You're, you're, you fear for the you fear for the safety I'm of the people in the videos. There's a video on when that, some of that stuff. You should happens. run a video last night at my house. Yeah, it's really Drew's kids. Uh, Drew's kids could fill an hour of uh, programming for that show every week. Leia. By the way, we, we I seem to have lost the guy whose girlfriend we were going to call. Well, what happened, Ann? Said he was on hold. Ugh. Oh, Mike, you're being docked for that now. Leia. Huh? Oh. Hey. Um, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, I was molested about um when I was twelve. Mm-hmm. And um well what happened was um my it, I was molested by my mother's fiance. That was the first time you were abused like that? Yeah. Okay. And um he lived he lived with us. And um when I tried to tell my mom and everybody, you know, what happened the next day, no one believed me. And so, like, I took it upon myself to take care of the situation. Incredible. And um, so I told the police and stuff. And um, How old were you when this happened? Twelve. Did you say twelve? It's fabulous. Okay. It's terrific. Yeah. Okay, so you and called the police. The Go difference, ahead. by the way, between people that are abused previous to that, when they're younger, they're abused like when they're six. They don't they don't know any better. Yeah. Right. And, and then again, when they're 12, who sort of get into that victim role. Sounds like Leah. Like would internalize it a right. little and think they had some right. part of it. Leah some stepped up to the plate and took care of it. Great. Like what happened? He just died, and um, he died like, um, like a little less than a month ago. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was just wondering, I feel like really bad because I nothing really happened. I with you know not nobody really. They didn't have any like physical evidence or anything to like you know. He wasn't convicted. Yeah, nuh-uh. So he still lived with us. Oh. And he's lived with us. Till he died. So you, your mom went and married him? No, she was going to marry him. And never did? No. Okay. He passed away. And um, I was just wondering, because I feel like really, um, I feel bad because I used to say a lot of bad things to him. And, um, but like, I still feel, because it's really, I don't think it's fair to me, because it's like, like, I have boyfriends and stuff, and like, you know, it's like hard to deal with it. Cause, right. Like, most of the boyfriends I have, all they want is one thing from me, anyways. Huh. Did, did your mom believe you? No. Ugh. Never did believe you. No. And and did this guy? I mean, we don't want to get too graphic here, but I mean, how how much did he molest you? Um. Well, I was. Well, he stuck his hands, you know, um, up my up my shirt, and 
down my pants and started messing with me and stuff. But he didn't. We didn't have intercourse. Mm-hmm. He messed with me. Okay. Um, he went in my, you know. Okay. You know. Okay. And so like, um, um, so he died, and it's like really hard to. It's like you know how I'm kind of confused because I'm not sure if I should be like if I should hate him still, but I still feel like nasty from what he did. Right. And like I'm not sure if I should hate him or if I should. Uh, what should I do? You know. Hate him. Hate Go right ahead. The guy. The guy was a criminal, <laughs> and he acted. He victimized you in a terrible way. Yeah. And it, to this day, is affecting your ability to have successful relationships. You didn't have anything to do with his death, right? Huh. You didn't do anything to help him along. Oh no. no. So all right, don't. Because I see things when things like that happen to me. It's like. I, I stiffened up and I acted like I was asleep. Look, regardless of how you dealt with it, things turned out okay. It's something that's going to affect your ability to have relationships for a long time to come. You may want to deal with it with a therapist in the future. I suspect given the way it happened, the age at which it happened, and the way you dealt with it, it's going to be something that you'll be able to resolve as you get older. The fact that you feel dirty and nasty and these sorts of things are completely normal. You need to make careful choices with whom you get involved with and make sure you have stable, connected intimate relationships before you do anything physical ever again. Drew, but you said it was okay for her to go on hating him. And I wonder if she shouldn't forgive him in order to uh, um, expedite her healing. You you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, say, all right, the guy was pathetic. The guy was probably molested himself or had some atrocity done to him growing up. He died early. Right. I feel sorry for the guy. He was, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that we have to, I'm not saying to condone this type of behavior, but I'm just saying in order for her to move on, he's dead. He had a short and pathetic life. It wasn't my fault. I I feel sorry for him in many ways, and I'm moving on. But at the same token, if she she does feel that way, fine. But if she feels hateful feelings, she needn't feel guilty about those. Okay. Point well taken. We'll be back with Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond to talk about happier times. Love line. Love line. Love line. We'll be right back. Here's what's hot right now at podcast1.com. Ever wonder what Mike and Dr. Drew say during the commercial breaks at Loveline? Well, now you can hear it. It's the Mike and Dr. Drew podcast. All the things they can't say on the air because the FCC won't let them. Or their wives won't let them. The Mike and Dr. Drew podcast. Check it out. It's Mike, Dr. Drew, and a list of rock stars, TV stars, and movie stars who occasionally show up to hang out. Check it out for yourself. Go to podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Hi, this is Jonathan Silverman and Joey Slotnick from The Single Guy. We always listen to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Dr. Drew. <laughs> and they meant it, too. I like those guys. Let me give the phone numbers out. 1-800-LOVE-191, 1-800-568-3191, the fax number 310-854-4455. We're here with Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond, the show that, uh, well, the critics like it. No, they love it. 
Do they? It's a great show. It I really just is. said that because I was being cool. No, they but... do. The, the, we get we're, we have a lot of critical acclaim. It's a really good show. I mean, like the response to it is. I mean, for we've done better than any show that Fox has ever had there. So it, you know, we we do well for for Fox. It's it, just that. Is it an expensive show it's really to do expensive. because all the effects and everything? Yeah, I mean, you know, like last week we did a show where we spent half of our time running from explosives, literally running from explosives. I mean, we blew up everything on this show. I mean, I was burned. Joel De La Fuente was completely burned. You guys didn't have anything to do with that whole Oklahoma thing, though, did you? No, fortunately, okay, that was not part of our show, but... No, you guys film out on location here, like yeah. out in the desert and stuff. Yeah, um, we shoot mostly just down the street in uh, near Culver City here, um, in old CNR factories where we can convert things that we do out on location onto a sound stage, and that's where our flight deck is, where our jets take out, take off at airplane land. Um, you know, the inside of the Saratoga, which is our big spaceship that, you know, our jet, the ISSCB. It's huge. Yeah, TV. it's huge. It's, it's epic TV. And it's, it's a, a film. And the <laughs> thing is, is that it's a war show. So it's not like a science fiction show like Star Trek. It's about, it's about war. It's about what war would, a surprise war would be like in the future when you're assuming that you're, the world is at peace. And then all of a sudden... You know, there's a, this surprise attack from something you don't know anything about. But you're doing battle with other planets, not on um, yeah, well, not like Cuba and stuff. Yeah, right? other solar systems. Other solar systems. Yeah, we fly through other solar systems. Shoot them too. Yeah, I mean, well, we're doing pla- You know, we, they're they're assumed planets. That's great. Know? The I, I love uh, Hollywood's view of the future, which is well, we'll probably kill everyone we need to kill here, but it's okay. We'll have the technology no, no, to go to no, other solar systems no, no. and destroy it's, some other folks. It's we believe that we're at peace in the future. Oh, you, did, you are. But you work on a gunship. We're at, we're at global peace, and we have we have people deterrence. From, you have deterrence from yeah. other countries uh-huh. helping us fight. This oh, other, so this is yeah. like a multinational yeah. coalition you yeah. guys have put together. A couple together. shows ago, we had the Fighting Finns. They were featured heavily in our show. And the guy who leads up the uh, UN, Boutros, 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 <laughs> Boutros, Boutros, Galley, who's the great, 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 <laughs> great, great. Okay. It's actually it's a little political humor there. Recently. Okay. So, oh, but there are actual explanations for all of these things. Okay, so I'm hooked now. Now I have to watch. It's a great show. It really is. I mean, if you if you ever liked China Beach or Top Gun or Platoon or Star Wars, any of those shows, you're gonna like this one. And speaking yeah. of shows, I was reading the resume, and it says here you were in Caged Fear. Now, speaking of shows that I like, now this is a movie. I saw Caged Heat. And I'm wondering if it has, if it's similar at all. Um, it was supposed to be similar, but what happened was women in prison. It was, it was. I was in prison. Yes. My, my boyfriend is David Keith. Right. He, From Officer and a Gentleman. Officer and a Gentleman, and he um, robs a jewelry store. He's on parole. He robs a jewelry store to buy me an engagement ring, and I take the fall for him. Gets pinned on you. Yeah, except for I had a huge nudity clause, and, you know, there's no nudity. You have to do nudity. Is no, that what your clause was? No, it was. You have you know, to be so nude like at all times. it was like the most unexciting women in prison. Oh, so you're not was. naked? Never. So I can't recommend it? Uh, you can recommend it if you're not into nudity. <laughs> but, so, but you were set up wrongfully. You went to a, a prison yes. for women. It was real dark Karen in the prison, Black right? Karen and Ray Sharkey, if you're big fans of them. Oh, really? They're in it. 
Yes. Is Ray Sharkey new at all? Because I still may rent it. For exhale, she was in the movie. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, you guys have like a shower uh, sure scene at all where she threatened you? Uh, no, she was actually my friend. I still may rent. I, the the assistant warden comes on to me. Okay, it's good. No avail. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. no. all right. Stop bursting every bubble I put in front of I'm you. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Eric. Yes. You're on Loveline. Oh, okay. A little nervous, you guys. You gotta kind of bear with me over here. That's all right. Go right um, ahead. Well, all my life I've felt myself as being a heterosexual person, and I've uh, been trying to. I've been kind of getting these uh, sort of feelings from my roommate, and um, he's a male. A male. You're you having feelings for him? Well, yeah, kind of sexual. I mean, you know, we we we've lived together for about a year and a half now, and I now he works with me. So I manage a plumbing store in Willow Glen, and he kind of works with me too. And you know, we're seeing a lot of each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I have a tanning bed, and he, I see him tanning. And you yeah. know, I don't I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm just kind of. You have a tanning bed in your apartment? No, I have a house. You have a tanning bed in your house? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you may be gay. I have potpourri, too. Am I gay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eric, these are the warning signs. The tanning bed was a little extravagant to be on the list, but anybody with a tanning bed. And I have a squeegee in my bathroom. Oh, Eric. <laughs> well, it's all over. Oh, so I so is it that I'm gay? or I Yes. Well, yeah, that's okay. So it's okay. It's all right. It's fine with me. I don't know how your roommate's going to feel about it. Well, that's the whole thing. That's one reason why I'm calling. Should I say anything to him? Ronnie, what do you think? You're 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 the voice of maildom here. Um, what do you sense from the guy? Is uh, does he feel the same way? No, he, he, he's got a girlfriend. He works at a plumbing supply place. Chances, I'm going out on a limb, but I'm thinking maybe not gay. Men with tools. He's gonna probably uh. I probably shouldn't say anything. You think yeah. he's gonna flip out? Go um, go about it subtly, I guess. You, you don't just drop the bomb. I mean, get around. Maybe the first thing is to begin to discuss with him, on a friendly level, uh, your ambivalent feelings about your sexuality, and see if it raises any other discussion or anything from his from his court. You know that he says, "Well, yeah, I've been feeling that way too," or anything. Uh, but I don't think I would come right out and tell him you're attracted to him because if you know he's heterosexual, it's bound to disrupt your friendship. And you can throw all the hints out you want, but you know who he is. And he doesn't seem to have any interest that you can tell. And certainly if you float some balloons and see if he, he reacts to them, you'll, you'll know even more clearly. But uh, I, I wouldn't get too aggressive about this. Eric? Right? Eric? Yeah. He has a girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to work. So I should just not... I, I would keep it to myself. He has a girlfriend. He works at a plumbing supply place. Unless you see him spending too much time in the tanning bed and hanging out at the potpourri basket, I would just let this one go. <sighs> Stacy? Yeah. You're on Loveline. Hi, Drew. Hi, Adam. Hi. Um, my, uh, <laughs> Hi, Cass from Above and Beyond. Space, okay. that is. Um, I had a question, or not a question, a comment about the girl, the molested girl, mm-hmm. called a couple minutes ago. Right. I went through the same thing for most of my life, and I went through a couple of years of therapy also. D- different deal, though. You went through it through most of your life. Yeah. How yeah. old were you when it started? Um, actually, I don't remember. About so, uh, 10, 11. Maybe even younger, huh? Yeah, probably younger. Okay, th- that's, that's a that's a different deal. Yeah. It's a different phenomenon. And were you sexually, were you actually, did you actually have sexual intercourse with the guy? No. Um, uh, no, I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay. All right. But um, my comment was about the forgiving him. Mm. Um, I agree with part of what you what Adam said, but um, I actually my molester wrote a letter asking for forgiveness about a year after it happened. After was he in jail at that time? No, he was in house arrest. 
He was what? House arrest. Yeah. Probably, with the, with the probably, wrote the, probably wrote the letter because that was something his attorney wanted him to do. Yes, his parole officer right. was probably poking him with right. a stick. Oh, I didn't know that. You never know. Um, but anyways, I wrote back and basically my counselor agreed with me, but um, I didn't forgive him. I the only thing I forgave him for, and I think maybe this would be helpful, is for him being screwed up in the head. Himself, right. Like right. you said. Right. So you. So but, and that's a great point in that that people and Adam, I think you'll agree with this too that people you can forgive people for being pathetic and for being in pain themselves but we live in a time when people are excused for their actions because of that and you cannot excuse that anymore it, it's we're well, looking confused well you just banged on the console and i got some feedback i'm sorry you're, you're, i'm sorry you're but you're i was saying i thought there's something important to say that that people can no longer be forgiven for actions that are heinous because they're pathetic and in pain themselves they need to be able to be responsible to be somewhat responsible you don't want to separate the act from the individual right like all these people are having a candlelight vigil for what's his nose that gets his lethal injection i mean i could and and i know this is the oldest argument in the world but i mean could you imagine if that was your son your 14 year old son that was thrown in some van horribly molested and sodomized and beaten and then killed would you be out there with a candle you know what i'm saying I'd scale the wall with a with a knife that I made out of a sprinkler key and go after this guy. Right, right. <sighs> We're getting all kinds of topics. You guys join in. No, I, I you have opinions. Just, I thought you were just supposed to listen. No, are you kidding? Oh. We have you on this show so you get involved with the mix. What do you guys think? Yeah, what do you think? I, I think it's important to... Um... I don't think I think it's important to Kristen. They can't hear you back there. Oh, okay, right, right on the mic. Close yeah. to the mic. Oh, sorry. I think it's really important for the girls to um, go through their own personal experience, and you know, the guy is sick, and it's not it's not really important that he get forgiveness because I think that he's beyond forgiveness. If he's beyond rational rationalizing his actions, then he's beyond forgiveness. And what's more important is that they get help for the way that they're feeling. And, right. Did, did you forgive your agent for putting you in cage fear? <laughs> no, but it's not important they're sick, and I understand that. <laughs> Loveline will be right back, and if you're not here, we'll hunt you down and shoot you in the head. Just kidding. Smart people like you know that podcasting is the easiest and best way to get access to great creative programs like this one. That's why we're asking you to help make podcasting part of the South by Southwest Festival next March in Austin, Texas. Just go to podcastone.com now and click the Vote for Podcasting banner to help put Podcast One founder Norm Pattis on the big stage at South by Southwest. That's where he and a panel of experts will discuss how podcasts are the only place that can still push creative boundaries and give you what you really, really want. It's quality entertainment when you want and where you want. So go to podcastone.com and click the Vote for Podcast banner now. But do it soon because voting ends Friday the 6th of September. Let me give the phone numbers out real fast. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. 1-800-568-3191. Don't monkey with that, Rodney. Fax number 310-854-4455. The man who's never been in a studio before, Rodney Rowland, and his cohort, Kristen Cloak, from Space Above and Beyond. We've been talking about the show. It's on Fox. It's on Sunday nights. 
Seven o'clock. Although, was it on tonight? No, it wasn't. There was goosebumps on. Well, yeah. What, what are what, they thinking? What's that? I don't know. We were watching. I was hoping to watch your show, and there was something else. No, there. I know there was something else on. I don't know why. Drew pitched a fit. He put his foot through the screen of the Sony sure like did. Elvis Didn't did. Did you videotapes? No. Oh God. No, but uh, I want to talk. I want. I got some questions for Rodney before we go back to the phone calls here, because uh, as it turns out, he's the son of a preacher man. Mm. You want to talk about that a little bit? Ah, man, that's a that's its own whole world. <laughs> yeah, preacher. Did now? So your dad is a is a minister. He's a minister. He's also a professor of theology. I mean, he's Where? just Pepperdine, Pepperdine University. So there he's he in. Oh, they got a great church up there. It's all church. I mean, yeah, but you, their cathedral there yeah, is 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 yeah. great. Good view. You been up there? <laughs> I'm an atheist, but I go up there just to, you know, Have just lunch. to hang out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the huge 20-story uh, cross. Yeah, that's a little intimidating for the atheists. For the people across the country, it was, it's on a cliff in Malibu, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you could find God up there. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, you see some of these churches that were built in the 60s or in Burbank. They have like an aluminum sliding cross in the front. It's it, They're made out of stucco, and they look like crap. God does not reside there. But at the place in Pepperdine... I'm thinking God may hang a little there. Yeah, no, yeah, he hangs out. And and now, so so your dad, a very spiritual guy, obviously, yeah. did he push this on you, coming up? Look, you are the son, and you are the children of the preacher. You are you, you know, you have to be perfect. There is no cussing or sex. I mean, you are. How many kids a, were there? Uh, I have three other brothers and sisters. Right. I mean, it is, they were, I mean, they're incredible people. They're just very intense, very committed to their life. You're talking about your, the my pe- family. Your yeah. family. All I mean, right. That's but, how I grew up. But I'm going to take a guess here. One of you snapped and went to devil's roof. <sighs> Am I right? 17 snapped. 17. Oh, yeah. That's right. And See, it's very repressed. You live, a, you know, for me, my brothers and sisters, they all pulled it off, but I was the youngest. I think right. It all like, I, I had to live it all out for everybody else. You, know, you went wacko when you were like day. 16. Yeah. 16 started brewing, you know, 17 it hit, the bomb went off. Right. You know. Beer bongs and uh, cheerleaders, <laughs> you know, stealing I, cars. I lived my whole life basically without, without, I mean, till I was about 16, without, I could, I didn't swear. Right. See, Adam has a theory. I do have yeah. a theory. Oh, you're, you're playing out his theory <laughs> for him. certainly Which are. is if you over, if you over, what, repress a child, mm-hmm. that they will compensate in some way they by, have to. Yeah, by acting out, balance. By acting out in, in a contrary fashion. Right. You cannot bend somebody into, into a shape that they wouldn't normally go into. Right. You can for a while, but then they spring back and it turns into a, the shape of like a pimp now or a drug dealer or something. I mean, they, they go even further than maybe they would have went. Yeah. Down the devil's road. Yeah, you, you, you love yeah. the town. What, you? you? No, not me. Preacher kid? Absolutely no. not. PK? I, I went there anyway, but but that was just my own idea. I wasn't rebelling You're against exactly anything. Exactly right. But you exactly rebelled. Right. Yeah. I Did rebel. you get into trouble? Oh, so much trouble. Would you, you get arrested? Just, you know, you go through you go through your whole drug phase. Just the parents, the, you know, they, they crush them. Yeah, so the parents, yeah. uh, dad must have so just So many been, different oh. phases, you know. Oh, what were the people to parish say? You know, and they were the we had like the ideal Christian family. Um, My brothers and sisters were all very attractive, and I'm talking perfect. Right, and yeah. they they Virgins stayed the upon course. Marriage, they held out. Oh, I mean, really? It's that. I, wow. Ew, we so, kind of freak, freak, all right, is so everyone forgiving you now? Uh, well, now that I got a series, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they still kind of look at me with that. Ooh, 
you know, at least quit smoking finally, but, you know. Yeah, you're still kind of Damien. I'm on TV, and it's a 7 o'clock show, so I'm not swearing too much. Right. You know, they'll, they'll count the swear words. I go and see my nieces, and they're like, you know, swear four times. Well, uh, thank God you're not married with children or something like that. I don't think they'd forgive you with that. Uh, all right, so you're back, though, and you're in the good graces of God and Pops. Adam. Hey, what's up? Hey, you're on Loveline. All right, hey. Uh, is Anna the producer there? Yes, she is. Okay, hi, Anna the producer. Okay, um, okay I, have, I have a question that me and my friends have been asking each other for a while. We can't get a girl to actually answer. Oh, I think maybe he wants Anne to answer this. I, I, I think, although Kristen could jump in on this exactly. one, too. We finally have a female here, All right, so now the guys, maybe we should just leave the studio. Maybe. No, that's right. No, all right. You want to go get a beer or something? Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> all right, okay. So, okay, so when I'm having sex, okay, if I'm, like, on the bottom and my girlfriend's on top, okay, one thing that my ex did a lot was whenever I, I announced I was coming, she would stop, and she always said that it was it was her instinct to, just, to let me come, okay, you know, which, of course, just ruins the whole orgasm, right? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but what are you supposed to do when a woman comes, okay? You know, because she's convulsing, you know what I mean? I mean, if I keep thrusting, I mean, is that going to pull? Is that going to hurt me? What am I supposed to do? Ladies, Kristen. Yeah. Kristen, get up on that mic and earn the money we're not paying you. <laughs> I, I would have to say that, you know, do unto others as you would have others do to you. <laughs> wow. What the heck is that mean? That means, <laughs> that means go. I mean, she wants you to, do, I mean, it's really kind of, I mean, from what I understand, an inverted sort of thing that you have. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's, for the most part, a lot of what feels good to you feels good to the woman and so you would keep going in that wait okay, so going, but, you know, but, but if it's convulsing I mean, it, but is it gonna like pull on it or something no yeah see a lot of women when they have an orgasm so i hear it, i've never actually been it, there but it pulses but it doesn't convulse i mean it doesn't i mean nothing's gonna happen to her and she'll you know and you and also you know a really good thing um would probably be to ask her what she likes. Right. But do it know? over dinner, not yeah, right I mean, there. Some, she won't be able I to mean, talk. And, you know, probably every time it's different. Yeah, you know, girls and, are different. With my experience, some girls, they want you to keep going. Others, it's stop, you know. And and, and yeah. probably every time you do it, it will be different. You know what I mean? Like, you get certain patterns with certain women. You can open it up to her and say, you know, make sure that you, you know, if you want me to go faster or slower or stop or go. Because everybody's body is different. Your body is different than your friend's body and her body is different than her your last girlfriend's body. So you have to ask her what she likes. But I think most men can agree on the keep on going thing. Yeah. Uh, Adam, yeah. if she's going to stop each time you announce you're coming, I, I would stop announcing yeah. that. Yeah, well, you know, well... It it's also if if she notices that I'm coming, she sort of does that. I've, I've noticed that I, right. really, that I really can't 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 train a woman what to do during sex. You got to yank the leash real hard. <laughs> you right. can't train a woman what to do. Don't approach it from that from that stance. Talk to her. Explain her what you like. Have her explain to you what she likes, and then attempt to achieve that within the confines of your own bedroom. Be right. Because it is true. I mean, women. Women react different. A lot of women, when they have an organ, act like they took a bullet or something, and you don't know what to do. They're like, oh, they like start convulsing yeah, and squirming I've, and stuff. I've had you guys want to tell like, me that they would never know when a woman was having an orgasm because she doesn't say anything. And then other guys will say they've had girlfriends that, you know, 
I have a lot of guy friends, so, you know, I've heard a lot about this. And, you know, they'll say that girls, you know, some of them will whoop and holler. But I think it's really the most important thing is to be able to to talk about it in a way that she doesn't feel like you're alienating her so that you so that she so that you put it in a way that you know that she's giving you more pleasure by doing a as opposed to b as opposed to you know kind of punishing her for doing it wrong try not to use the word train so much when you're talking about (laughs) sex matt yeah you're on love line uh two questions one's for rodney are you the the in vitro guy yeah okay uh were you in the movie carrie no the what guy in vitro, it's part of the TV show. Well, anyway, uh, I have a question for Doctor. This means Drew. in a test tube. Yeah, yeah well, well my character is a, a test tube. Oh, Drew's nipples got hard because he thought. No, it had you might be talking about. I think you're pregnancy. talking about McQueen. You're talking about McQueen, the, the gray-haired guy. No, there's uh, the kid in in Carrie who was on the bicycle at the very beginning of the movie. Oh no, no, that's kind of like you. No, it's not me. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, Doctor Drew, um, I had a friend who came up for the weekend and she had a lot of pain in her stomach. Uh huh. And um, I'm in chiropractic school and I. So I did some uh, static palpation, mm-hmm. and um, just from the symptoms, I thought it might be pancreatitis, but I don't have that much information on it. Mm-hmm. What would her risk factors be for pancreatitis? I mean, pancreatitis is a severe illness. I mean, people go into shock. And I mean, you can have some mild forms of pancreatitis uh, that can be caused by gallstones intermittently clogged, basically obstructing the pancreatic ducts. You can have viral pancreatitis. You can have pancreatitis caused by medication, even birth control pills, but it would be very unusual. Uh, people that have abdominal pain, typically abdominal pain because of irritable bowel, diarrhea, this sort of thing. Um, this, the pain from pancreatitis is usually devastating, and so she with terrible vomiting and, sh- and shock. Uh, and this, this doesn't sound like that. And it can be it can be a life-threatening problem. So alcoholic pancreatitis, for instance, can be just absolutely devastating. All right, Matt. All righty. Good luck to you. And uh, Rodney Roland from Space Above and Beyond, uh, let's get back to you for a second. You were Calvin Klein model at some point in your career? Yeah, way back there. Actually, I did Calvin Klein with Billy Baldwin. Oh, he's probably good king for saying that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, kind of like a little gay layout or something? <laughs> well, no. No? Not, no, I think I did, no. Yeah, all sitting in a porch trying to be cool guys and some dang yeah. In your underwear? No, fully jean. It's hard to look cool when you're sitting in a Porsche <laughs> with another guy in your underwear. No, you know, Bruce Weber shoots it, so, you know, they definitely put their own theme to it. Oh, so you're in the Calvin Klein jeans. Yeah. How do they see your Actually, ass when you're when you're sitting in a Porsche? It wasn't about the ass on that one. Really? What the <laughs> hell are they thinking about? I mean, oh, you know what? I don't like this new lifestyle stuff. It's one of these things where you wear the jeans and you have this kind of life. Is that kind of thing? I mean, I mean, meaning as opposed to just yeah, showing a close-up of your mine, ass. Mine was years, years ago. Yeah, you didn't do any underwear stuff. No, no. Actually, I did a group shot. You, you don't see <laughs> group you can't, underwear. This is my shot? body. Yeah, no. I mean, the shootings were pretty crazy. You just would get a bunch of models and. and He'd get everybody out. Oh. Everyone down to their skivvies? Yeah, and kind of give everybody some wine. Everybody's very young. Everyone a little wine, huh? Did yeah. you get a feeling maybe he was enjoying everybody, Throw everybody in a pool and let, start shooting. Let me ask you a serious question. Was there film in the camera? Um, yeah. No. Sure was. <laughs> it, was not. it was just a pool party. He didn't ask you guys if you wanted to get high, did he? No, no, nothing like that. It's just, yeah. So a bunch of kids in their panties. Did you see this Calvin Klein? Wasn't it Calvin Klein that had that ad, that pedophile ad? Yeah, right. Where it looked like some pedophile had lured some teenagers down to his basement and put them up on this makeshift stage right. and was asking them questions like, hey, it looks like you work out. Did you guys yeah, see Yeah, but those? that's recent. The one yeah, I did. That wasn't you? Years You weren't ago. the voice of I that? I did it like seven years ago. Okay. Do you remember that was... when I was a kid? 
Brooke Shields. Shields. You know, and the well, whole, that was fine. Same, but it wasn't fine at the time. There was huge... It was scandalous. It's huge scandal. I mean, the guy's not stupid. He knows exactly what he's doing. You create a scandal. It sells jeans better than the commercial. Yeah. So you put... You get your name in the paper one way or the other. Yeah, I mean... I remember when I was a kid, nothing becomes between me and my Calvins right. from Brooke Shields at 14 was huge. That was like, you know, that was pedophilia at its finest at the time. <laughs> That's when pedophilia was pedophilia. You're right. Uh, we'll be back after this. Let me give the phone numbers out. 1-800-LOVE-191, 1-800-568-3191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. He's Dr. Drew. He's a board-certified physician, addiction medicine specialist. We have Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond, the Hit Fox series. I'm labeling it a hit, by the way. It's a hit. Yeah, it's a hit. Sure. It is. No, it is. I'm saying it's a hit, so it's a hit, and we're going back. To the phones. Bobby. Bobby. Bob. All right, screw them. Let's talk to you guys for just a second. You grew up in Van Nuys, did you, Kristen? Um, I was born in Van Nuys. I grew up first half of my life in Reseda. My parents were divorced, so my dad lived in San Monica, my mom. Um, How old were you when they got divorced? Before my first birthday. Mm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did, 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 did it make any weird impact on you? Um... It's the only thing you ever I think knew. It's all, I think it's always hard for kids to go through divorce. And, you know, I fortunately had both my parents really, really love me. They're really great people. They're very good friends of mine. They were very young. I think we all kind of grew up together in a way. And I think that if you have parents that love you, you know, it gives you the impetus to go out and receive help um, in a way in, for whatever you didn't get or whatever trauma you go through. I think that good, you know, that therapy is a sign of good parenting, so. And we'll be back in 10. This is Love Line on Radio Station. Uh, I'm Adam Carroll. That is Dr. Drew. We're here with Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond. This is Love Line. The reason we call this Love Line is because you call in and we answer your problems. And, Drew, you tell me what call you want next. Mm. I forget you. Sean. Hey. You're on Love Line. What's up? Kristen, Rodney, Adam, and Dr. Drew. Wow. Wow, John, that's great. Taking notes. Yep. What's up, John? Um, I went to the President's concert Friday night. President of the United States of America? Yeah. Okay. Great group. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met this, this really great, like, girl. And uh, I have a problem. She's 22 and I'm 15. She was fooled by your bad teenage mustache? Well, I look like I'm at least 19. Oh, really? Everyone says that. So it's not just one person. Uh And you didn't discuss your age? Um, Well, she found out um, eventually. but You told her? Yeah. Okay. When you asked her to borrow her ID to get some beer? Uh, Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Kind of. (laughs) 
See, I know. I know what the teenagers of America are doing. And John. Yeah. Does she like you? Um, well, a, a guy that was there with us that knows her said she did. John, don't. No. Nah. She's 19. No. Yeah? She's what? He's 19. He's 19. I mean, uh, what state are you calling from? From what? 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 You calling from California? Yeah. You know, as I understand it, it's still a problem. Oh, there are laws. Yeah. Yeah, but no one's going to prosecute her, are mm -hmm. they? I don't know. Do you think that she'll just, like, cut uh, cut um everything off just because I'm 15? Probably. I mean, women don't want to go. A 22-year-old woman does not want to go out with a 15-year-old boy. Kristen, you're nodding your head no, right? You wouldn't. How old are you, Kristen, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 27. 27. You wouldn't go out with, let's say, a 19-year-old, would you? No, I mean, I have a hard enough time with guys my own age. Right. You know? I mean, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's not to say that you're, you know, you're probably not a great guy. It's just that I think that, you know, that that seven years really has a huge impact. Right. People are in life. different different places in yeah, their life. Well, not, I mean, it's not even different. You're just a different, I mean, I'm a different person than I was right. seven years ago. Right. I mean, just to completely. Yeah, but, I, the, but just because you matured over that time doesn't mean somebody else necessarily no, did. They may be stuck back. But yeah. be as it may, the expectations of what relationships are and what they're going to do, how they're going to go. And the expectations of you at 22 as opposed to different. you at 15 are much different. Different, different, different. Plus, she could think you're just using her and her car that no. help complete your paper route or something like that. No, I doubt it. It's just it's, it's a great way that we met. All right. Well, I don't know. Did you get her phone number? Yeah. All right. Call her up and try to sound real mature. <laughs> what else? Great advice, Adam. Great advice. What else? I don't know what else to say just to this guy. Go out with other 15-year-olds. Okay. There you go. Julie. Yes. You're on Loveline. Oh, hello. Hello. Turn your radio off. Okay. Oh, man. They just don't get it. Okay. Yes, Julie. Um, yeah, I'm just having a problem with my kids really dealing with the problem with me being gay and bringing different women and stuff like that home. How old are the kids? 13 and 11. Uh-huh. And how old are you? I'm 32. Uh-huh. And do you... Here, here's something interesting. I, I just kind of popped in my head. But kids sort of pick up the feelings of their parents, meaning... I think if you feel, like you said, the problem of me being gay, and I know what you meant, but what I mean is, is the kids think that you look at it as a problem or that you've labeled it as a problem, then they're bound to, to sort of follow and look at it as a problem, too. I mean, I know it's tough, and I know the kids may get teased if they talked about it at school or right. something like that. Right. And I realize that that's the type of environment they're in and that's the, the, the time we're in. But I'm saying if you... I wouldn't label it as a problem to them. I don't know if you do or not. No, I don't. I try not to. You know. How is it they react? Oh, they just don't like it. They don't think it's right. What do they say? Um, why does only sometimes just girls come over and not boys? Do we have to watch golf again? Yeah. No, what do they say? They, they just don't like having to go in their room and... See, I, I, the, what, I, on the other hand, am picking up more on the fact that your relationships... No, no. What? Not in front of them what? They, no, but they just wonder why not very many men come over. And what do you tell them? <laughs> I just, you know, don't have that many men friends, too many problems. What do you tell them? What? Your kids. They can understand these things. What do you tell them? Well, that's just the way I am. Do they know you're a lesbian? Yes. Okay. Do so they understand that? Um, somewhat. 
You see, uh, well, you, I think you have to be clear with them because I think they'll know right at that age. I suggest that you consider getting in touch with gay and lesbian support group in your area. Okay. There are lots of people that get to go through this, and people can give you some advice and some support for how you can approach your kids in a more nurturing manner and a more clear manner and get them to understand who you are, what this is, how they can feel more comfortable with it. And then try. It's, I get the sense that, you, that your relationships in, intrude into their life. Like there's a lot of chaos and stuff. They have to go to their rooms. You know, I, I mean, you need to be much more... Um, Discreet? Well, just discriminating, really. You gotta be more careful, more caring about your kids' needs and what, you know, their boundaries in their home and their, in their relationship with you. And, uh, you know, keep this, uh, keep your, your personal life from I- infringing upon them and causing them to experience any emotional chaos. And kids are always a little, I mean, you know, the parents get divorced. Yeah, I think it's hard to see your parents date. No you see your parents date. Right. Oh, yes. Here we go. Yeah, Maybe you and Adam could share some stories because yeah, Adam's I mean, got a great. Yeah, Adam will make you it, feel good. I don't think it, you know, it matters who your parents are dating, whether it's someone of the same sex or the opposite sex. I think it's, it's still weird. Hard to see but them. you don't want to. The, the, if they're, people are having a lot of different relationships and sort right, of chaos in their hard. own. You know what? The kids shouldn't be involved with all that at all. They yeah, should I be kept away hard. from them. And you, you're, that's basically what you're, you know, when you relate your stories about Matt about it like when you were growing up. That's basically what you're saying is it upset you to right. see Zarmak or whatever his name was come around. Zorbak. Zorbak. <laughs> he wasn't a magician. He was a Hesher. There's a difference, Drew. Zarmak. Zarmak the Incredible. Yes, watch me make pot appear from my from my uh, Boda bag. That didn't make sense. Mark. Yeah. You're on Loveline. Hey. Hey. What's up? What do you got to say? What I got to say, well, the first thing is that lady that just called, I mean, she's having a problem with her children accepting her being gay because she's bringing a different woman home all the time. Well, that's the problem. I mean, if you've got children, you don't want to bring a different person home every night for your children to meet or see you with. Then we just That's what we just said, basically. That you don't exactly, want to... Exactly, exactly. And I'm glad you did. That was one of the things. It's not the gayness. It's the way she's involving her children and her relationships. Exactly. And, you know, my, my point was, you know, I'm, I'm a gay man. I'm 32, 33 next month. I've been with my partner for 13 years. It's our 13th year. We're planning to stay together. Uh, he's 20. No, he's 30. And uh, we have a four-year-old son that we're raising together. Where would you get the son? Where would you get the kid? We had a, a surrogate, actually. Oh, really? Did you, like, mix both your sperm together and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, we didn't know who. They'd say mix their sperm and then. And, and, and Bob, get the Cuisinart. I got an idea. We didn't mix it, but we both donated to see, you know, and then they randomly drew one. Right. Oh, can you mix them? You can do Sometimes they do that. They'll mix men with low sperm count. They mix their sperm with donor sperm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I got a program going on like that in my hamper right now. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I think my, one of my roommate's tube socks may have gotten in there and made some sort of uh, sperm compote. Mark? Uh-huh. The other thing is your, your guest. I watch that show every Sunday. You do? Every oh, yay. Day. Thank you. It's great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think? I Morgan Weiser would be on here tonight. but uh, Well, <laughs> well Morgan. <laughs> what do you think, what do you think of Rodney? Well, you know what? I'm getting to like him more uh-huh. than uh, Morgan now. Uh huh. Just because he seems tougher. Yeah, don't mess with Rodney. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's another one of my points, Adam. Yes. Your little, your little squeegee. Uh, your gay rating system or whatever. Yes. Let me get the chart. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't have a squeegee, or we don't have a squeegee in our bathroom. Really? We're not neat freaks. I mean, we're lucky if we clean our house up when my mother-in-law is coming over. Hmm. 
Your mother-in-law's coming over. This is a sitcom. Now, wait a minute. They mixed up a batch of sperm. They got a four-year-old. Uh-huh. There's two guys living together. You have your mother-in-law coming over. Yeah, well, you know what? She's, um, just last year, she began signing her postcards from her vacations to us. Well, she mailed them one to my, my partner, of course, and then she mailed me mine, and she started signing hers mom to me. Really? It's never come out openly to them, but um, his sister refers to me as, her brother-in-law, and and she tells me, "This is your beautiful sister-in-law calling." Do you live in a state where uh, game- in California? Yeah. So you, you get the feeling the uh, the cat's out of the bag. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the, after twelve years of saying your roommate, and, right? You know, the, right. The, you guys are both making eighty grand a year. Well, he's and, making, and living together he's in a one about bedroom. 80, I'm making about fifty. All right, right, but too much to be living together without right. love. Right. And a child. And a child. Oh, by the way. Wow. And, and where, all right, so were there legal problems with you getting this child? None whatsoever. How much no. did you have to pay the surrogate? Oh, quite a bit. Well, we, we paid her um, 50000 Wow. wow. Woo. We had everything drawn up legally. Wow. 50? We went, actually, we went to, I'm um, American Indian, and he's uh, Mexican-American. We went to um, my reservation in Nebraska. And um, spoke with um, some of the Indian women back there. And oh, out. you could have got an Indian woman cheaper than fifty grand. Ah, but we didn't want to. My point is, like my dad said, if you got the money, use it. Wow. So you went to the reservation. Uh huh. You you went right into the casino. <laughs> we have a casino, which we get a percentage of. What? You 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 found you found a suitable donor who was a who was American Indian. Uh-huh. What tribe was she? Now, I don't want any jokes, Adam. I, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Winnebago. <laughs> now, before you say anything, where do you think they got the name? They didn't just make that name up for the RV out of nowhere. Okay. Okay. All right. So That's she, where it came from. She wasn't from the U-Haul tribe then. No. Okay. <laughs> I knew there was. I knew there was. All right. So you got the Winnebago. I'm guessing a big gal, and you. You you fed her the sperm, not right there, but you made a deal. You paid her fifty k. You you have the kid. The kid is four now, and you're doing a wonderful job raising him. Exactly. And and Mark, we we said Adam straight about kids running around with their clothes on when they're two and three. Excuse me. You said Adam straight about kids running around with their clothes off when they're three years old. Your kids, you put a loincloth or something on the kid, right? He's not running around naked. Well, he as soon as he gets home, he strips to his underwear. Yeah, see, see. But well, I do the got, same thing. He's got two men living in the house, and that's all he knows. All right. Thanks for calling in, Mark. Hey, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Wow. Interesting. That really was, interesting. I didn't know. I don't know. I, somehow I thought that the law would get involved with something like this. They don't? I mean, I'm not saying they I should. Don't I don't know. But you can just go hire somebody and impregnate them and keep the kid. And There's no Uncle I don't know. Sam doesn't. I, I don't know. Well, if anyone knows about that. Any kids between you? Kristen and Rodney? I mean, not between you, but do you have a married I'm, family? I'm Anything? Yeah. Kristen, how much? How much do you carry my seed? How much? Yeah, seriously. A little more than 50,000. More than 50? A little more than Come on. A lot 50. more. No, a lot more. A lot more. True, don't go there. True, you'd carry but, it in your ass for 10 grand. What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. You are sick. You are a sick guy. You'd say anything to anybody, wouldn't you? I certainly would, especially you. Kevin. Hey, how are you guys doing? Kevin, how much you figure Drew would want to carry my seed? Uh, hey, <laughs> look, if anybody's thinking about it, remember what, what the cure is. Uh-huh. Just spend five minutes in my house. Oh, that's true. 
Not not that is. Lord, Lord knows what our offspring would come out like anyway. <laughs> All right, what's your question, Kevin? Uh, I had a question about getting a uh, body piercing done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to know what uh, could happen if I got my penis pierced. That would be one side effect. <laughs> it, it is amazing to me how few complications there are from this. I have to tell you, though, I'm, I'm be- it, now that it's so widespread, I'm beginning to see more and more problems, particularly with tongue uh, and, you know, bizarre, pe- peculiar piercings in funny places. They put bones through their throat. Yeah, the throat and, and like eye- that. eyebrow and things. When they reject, they can sometimes get infected. Uh, penis certainly is something I, I, I really worry about. I mean, you can cause bleeding, get infection. Any of these have that potential. Uh, so I, I don't know what to tell you what the, the actual probability is. It's so separate from the, the mainstream medical system that there's not a lot of good data out there yet. I'm sure it will be forthcoming now that there is so much being done. Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond, would you ever get your penis pierced? Mm-mm. No? <laughs> no? I have no desire for piercing. No pierce anywhere in the body. No, but not even in your penis? No. Not even if Alec Baldwin did it? <laughs> I shouldn't work the gay issue anymore, should no, I? Man. Yeah, because, <laughs> I mean, it hurt as a guy. You know, when you get your penis caught in your zipper, it is it is traumatizing. <laughs> yes, there's more pain than, than even that suggests. And to have a guy, and there's no anesthetic, by the way, with this procedure. Right. They just they take a spear and they just I shove it through. do it like it. Yeah, a lot I of people. Have, yeah, I have a friend who has it done, loves it. You ever been with a man with a with a no. hoop? No. Down there? No. no? Really? No. Seriously? Because I know you run Seriously. with a pretty fast crowd. That whole Hollywood <laughs> yes, thing. Yes, they're so fast they don't have time for piercing. And, and my <laughs> run right past the piercing shop. And and my my experience, people that do these kind of aggressive piercings typically were abused in some fashion when they were kids. That's not 100%, but for the most part, that's been my experience. Well, anytime you uh, want to mutilate. Uh, mutilate. Yeah. And that is, I- I'm sorry, I don't want to I don't want to sound like Pops Corolla or Squareville Adam here, but when you're going to take a spear and pierce your penis, I don't know, there's a psychological implication of that, and I haven't quite figured it out, but it's not a good one. Matt? Yeah. You're on Loveline. Hey, what's up, Kristen, Rodney, Adam, and Drew? Hey, man. Hey. hey. I want to say one thing before I address my question. Your guys' show, Space Above Beyond, rocks. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Okay, guys. That's I, two so far. I know. Go ahead, man. I know this girl. We, I've known her forever. and We grew up together, and recently I got divorced about a year ago. I'm 23. She's 24, and she's been, like, coming on to me. And I, I, I'm interested in her, but I don't want to ruin the friendship. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think? Kristen, what do you think? Um, I, I think you should date her. Date her? Yeah, I mean, if she's your friend... You know, you can ask her if she's interested in going on, you know, taking your friendship to a, a different level, you know. But I think that you have to give her the option and let her know that, you know, you enjoy her friendship and it's, you know, leading you to, to uh, feel, have romantic. In- are, are you physically attracted to her? Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah? Yeah, not just yeah, but hell yeah. Well, hell ask her yeah. If she wants to go on a date with you. Yeah. You know, if you, what do you, if you say this? Go out with her. Take her out to a restaurant and treat her like a woman as opposed to... Well, I just to... didn't want to kill the friendship. I mean, we have a great friendship. What do you feel from her? Well, it's she, it's obvious. I mean, she obviously... Well, you to... know, if there's a, I think if there's an attraction there and it's too um, and it, it's too big, I think that, you know, you'll either have to address it or it will come out. In right. In other words, not doing it, not taking it to the next level could also affect the friendship because she could feel rejected and there could be a lot of tension between you. I mean, it's, it seems that like the feelings are already there and they, are, they need to be explored. Now, indeed... 
your friendship may not survive this. If the relationship doesn't go on, it's very hard to go back down to being friends again. But it sounds like the feelings are already there such that more than friendship is inevitable. And a lot of guys become really angry you know, if, you, if their friends are being not reciprocated. That's not him, though. L- wait a minute. A lot of guys become angry if you're, if you're friends. Yeah, like if you're friends and you guys have a friendship and you know he wants to have more than a friendship and she doesn't like i've had guys that are really angry oh oh and then they get they get like they, get they start and then they start bragging about other, like other girls they've gone out with and or stuff get, trying to like save some face they don't they have a hard time continuing the friendship because they're they're attracted to you and they want to be more than you just your friend and you, the friendship die when my point is that the friendship will die anyway if you don't address it right you know because there someone will be upset and they get weird and then come over and they're drunk and they try to break into your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never done that. I can tell. I certainly haven't, I but tell. I know I know Rodney has with his with his skeletons and his past. Son of a preacher. See? My theory confirmed. It is, yeah. Try to force too much on someone, they snap and go the wrong way, they become they become homicidal <laughs> maniacs on the run from the law. Nick, you know, one minute they're reading the Bible, the next minute they're sitting in a Porsche with one of the Baldwin brothers and nothing but a pair of skivvies. Well, is that, that's how yeah, you described it anyway. Oh, okay, just the, just the jeans on. All right, well, we have to say bye to you guys because it is 9. Oh, it's 9.20. I, you know, I yeah. flashed my head that yeah. it was 11.20. Right, right. And we have to go to break. But I want to thank Kristen Cloak and Rodney Rowland from Space Above and Beyond. I think we're going to get people to go out and watch this show. I, I hope so. It's a good show. Yeah. You won't be disappointed. All right. And you want to give some sort of mailing address that if they get pissed off and it was a big waste of time that they can write you at? Um, what's the address? You can you can email us at uh, you can send it you can post on the um, Space Above and Beyond page on the America Online. Okay, so give it a try. And if you have a problem, or if you love the show, or you just want to see everyone in tighter outfits, email them. <laughs> Love line. Call one eight hundred love one nine one. Love line. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Justine and Donna from Elastica. And you'll listen to Love Line. Yeah. Let me get the phone number out. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. And the fax number 310-854-4455. This is Love Line. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. And you are Scott. Scott, you're on Love Line. Hey, thanks. Hey, guys. Oh, my God. Um, let's see here. Oh, I guess you guys know that I saw my friend's mom naked, right? We do now. Okay, and, um, well, not like, well, you're, like, you're an answering lady, you know? The lady that picks up the phone and stuff? Sherry? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the goes, answering lady. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. She, she, goes, she goes, uh, like that, but it's not uh, it's like, oh my god, because she's, like, totally, like, good looking all the way, right? Scott? And that's the problem, I can't, like, look at her now. Scott? I mean, go over to her, to her house. Scott? Yeah. You stoned? No. Smoke a little pot. No, no, I don't pick no? up on that. You're no, not no, getting no. a pot thing, Scott. You do, you do, you do smoke a little, little reefer, don't you? 
No. No, I don't get the pot thing. You're not getting all. a pot thing? No, no, no. I I, I get, I'm getting a freaked out 17-year-old. Getting a freaked out. Oh, well, maybe yeah. maybe guys who get stoned a lot sound like freaked they out 17 do. They do. <laughs> they do. All right. Who knows? Yeah, this, this, what, in what circumstance did you see her naked? I mean, were you appearing oh. through a telescope or something? What happened? No, I walked right into the room. She was getting out the shower. She was, like, walking past her bed. Like, the shower is, like... Does she know you saw her? Yeah. And I, like... Did she? Did she? Did she try to? Uh, yeah, she did. What? Try to what? She tried to cover up really quick. Right, but did she try to make you feel more comfortable after you guys had a chance to talk later? You know, no. You just haven't seen her since, and that's all there is to it. I seen like a couple of times. It was like I was like just like stopping by before school. So well, she, so she looked real good. Yeah. But you gotta realize, guy, you're 17. Yep. You know, if if, if a naked uh, armadillo walked through there, you, <laughs> that, that is right. You would be you would be aroused. Yeah. You know, Scott? Yeah. But if her grandmother, your friend's grandma, great, great grandma, walk nude and just using just the walker, that would be the only apparel. Scott would be excited. Dragging a, the, an IV bag and an enema bag and, and a colostomy bag, you would still be excited, wouldn't you, Scott? Because it was a nude woman in real life. No. Okay. Scott. Yeah. What's the problem? Oh, I can't like. He can't go to see his friend anymore. He can't. Why not? He freaks out when he. No, I I talk to him after school and stuff like that. But he I can't just, go to the friend's house anymore. It's too. It's too intimidating to him. It's too. It overcomes yeah. him. Scott, I, I, like before that, you know. If she doesn't care, you shouldn't care. Scott, here's the deal. Go back to going at your friend's house. Sit through some of that discomfort. Don't worry about how she's going to react or that somebody's going to see this discomfort you have. It will is something that will kind of wear off with time, and nothing will come of it. Go back to your friend's house. Go back to the house. Oh, wait a minute. I went back to you. Are you listening, Scott? Yeah. Good. Uh, now, good night. <laughs> I try to make it seem like I do things on purpose. Sarah. Hi. Hi, you're on Loveline. Hey, Adam. Dr. Drew. Um, Sarah, what's up? I need to know, like, who I should go to on this. Um, I recently like a couple days ago found out that I've, I've got two best friends and one of my friend's parents is divorced and she lives with her father and my other friend just slept with her father with divorced dad yeah how old is your other friend 16 no how old's divorced dad like late 30s and i mean i'm i've got to tell somebody but i don't because if I, I know if i tell my one friend's parents i know her father too well he'd be toting a shotgun over there mm. i just you need to tell some adults. I, 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 I know, but I just want to know, like, who. Because, I mean, I don't know if my parents would go directly to our parents because I just need to find somebody to help her right now. That is correct. I'm, I'm, that I'm, is I'm, the bottom line. Are they having a relationship or is it just a one-time thing? She says, apparently, she says he loves her and all that. But, I mean, I don't know if he's going through some kind of life crisis. But, I mean, this is sick. I, correct. That is correct. You're, you're, Sarah, your instincts are right on. Uh, I understand you want to not have an overreaction to this and disrupt some of the other relationships that are not sick, yeah. but you need to select somebody to tell this to. It sounds like your parents might be the best choice. What What did your friend say? Uh, the friend that slept with the guy. She just she... told me that they've been seeing each other for like a little over a month now, and that he really does love her. And, and remember, she it, loves it, him. It needs to be all confirmed, right? And then people are going to have to prove that this is actually what's going on. But uh, you need to tell somebody's parents. What about? Your friend is gonna get pissed at you, but I mean, I'm I'm trying to do this in the in the least painful manner possible, and not to involve. I mean, do you, I don't know. Do you have to involve the authorities? Should, is, yeah. is the, well, the crime has been committed, yeah. and he 
he should be stopped before he screws again kind of thing? Or can they just remember, end it? Just, I want you to think about our 18-year-old buddy that called the other day. Or 19-year-old. 19. Spent a year in jail because when he was, what, 18, dated a 16-year-old. Right. Okay? Right. That, that's how that's how serious... Uh, well, I mean, it's it's th- it's serious in the eyes of the law, but what I'm saying from from a moral standpoint, you know Drew, what? let me ask you: Would you be satisfied if Sarah said to her friend, "Listen, you continue this, and I'm going to notify the authorities," and her friend stopped it? Would that be enough for you from a moral mm-hmm. standpoint, or would you want to see this guy punished? You got there's something wrong with this guy for you. I just want to see. I mean, I want to make sure that she's okay. I mean, she's always had, like, really low self-esteem and stuff, right. but I never had thought anything. See, here's the deal. She's a great victim, and he's going to go out and victimize again. All right, so this guy is like a hawk that's circling. Yeah. And you know how they work is the hawk gets up. The hawk has great eyesight, great instincts, great right. hearing, and it circles. Right. I actually don't know if the hawk has good hearing or not, but I'm sure, pretty sure they, good they see pretty good. Yeah. And they circle around, and you know what they look for? They look for the weak. See? That's how nature works. They pick off the disease. Now, I'm not saying your friend has a disease, but what I'm saying is that she's vulnerable. And he sees her, and he spots her with his hawk eye, and he swoops down with his talons open, and he plucks her from the earth. And then he carries her off to his little bachelor nest, and he has his way with her. I don't or know whatever. if he chews up the food and spits it in her mouth. With her. I don't know if they take it that far. But what I'm saying is it's the same thing. They look for the weak. And in, and in this case, it's not the physically weak like it is in nature, but it's the spiritually weak. Did something happen to your friend that made her so vulnerable or we've, made? We've been like best, like the three of us have been best friends since like third grade, and we've basically told each other everything that's happened, and even that issue has come up. And as far as I know, unless she's been like keeping something from us all these years, nothing like any abuse that happened. Having. She's just always had like real low self-esteem. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean. Is, is she unattractive? Oh, she's. I mean, she's re- she's really pretty. It's just she doesn't see herself that way. Just because, like, some of the guys, you know, it's. I mean, guys at our age are jerks. All right. So she found a guy who's going to pay some attention to her, exactly. and she must be on cloud nine with this guy. Plus, the guy drives and has a whole closet full of turtleneck sweaters and medallions, and probably cable television and God knows what else. Those sport corduroy sport jackets with the leather. Uh, elbow patches, so this guy's got it all for her. Jack has never, I mean, as far as I've only known, you know, Mr. Jack has always been dating women his own age and stuff like that, and he's had some really nice girlfriends and stuff. I don't know, like, what happened, that is it some kind of midlife crisis where he just decided they wants to go out with someone, like, who's his daughter's age? Or... All right, Sarah, Yeah. listen, uh, Drew, what do you think? Tell your folks. Tell your folks. Tell your folks and ask them, do you, you have a good relationship with your folks? Yeah. You tell trust your folks. Tell your folks. Tell your folks. And take it from there. That was tough. I mean, what do you do? I mean, it's like your best, you know, your best friend is going to try to kill you, especially she's not getting any attention from the boys at school. All of a sudden, she's getting a ton of attention and she's loving it. It's it's not, it's no longer about, the priority is not preserving the friendship there. The priority is about helping this person. All right. Miranda. Yes? You're on Loveline. Hello. Hey. Yes, I call it because I'm in love with this girl and I don't know what to do. And I still like guys and I still like having sex. She's got a walkie-talkie or something, I think. What do you call from? A, a sneaker phone? What's that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you like guys. Mm-hmm. You like having sex with guys. Mm-hmm. But you're in love with a girl. Yeah. Have you had a physical experience with a female? Um, no, I haven't. Uh, makes two of us. Are, uh, but you're extremely attracted to her. Yes. 
And why do you like her so much? Is it? I mean, you say you love her. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I just do. What's your relationship with her now? Um, like, we were, like, best friends, so I don't know. I just like her. How long have you been friends with her? This year in dress and stuff. Uh-huh. I've been, like, friends with her for, like, five months. You're your best friends? You've only been friends with her for five months? Yeah. Okay. And she has no feelings for you as far as you know? I don't know. I think she does. I kind of think she does. Yeah. Well, I don't know. what do you think, Drew? Chaos is the word that comes to my mind. Why? I just even listening to all the this I'm like, guys, I like sex. I have five months now with my best friend, and I want to have. Sex. I mean, I just kind of wow. It's a lot of, a lot of emotional chaos there, like as I see it. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, Miranda, just kind of sit back a little bit. Don't act on impulsive feelings. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you have lots of kind of intense relationships. Is that sort of right with you? And and that's not necessarily healthy to go from, you know, being in love to being in love to being in love to sort of clomming on to people and having these intense relationships, and you get yourself involved and hurt in ways that you don't intend to. The physical part of it sort of draws you in even further. I would say maybe have a little moratorium on relationships for a while and uh, sit back, see what it's like to be by yourself. Don't have any intense relationships. Date a little bit. Figure out who you are, what you need in relationships. Then when you have a stable relationship, begin to pursue, whether it's with a male or a female, pursue the physical aspect. And sometimes the hardest and most disciplined thing to do is nothing. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And people to be don't, alone. People to be don't alone. talk about that because we're in this society that says, hey, get this self-help book or this series of cassettes. Hey, go to the gym. You need to lose weight. You need a haircut and a makeover. You need this. You right. need a new car. You need a new job. Right. You need carpeting. Right. You need a dog. That's what you need. You hear people talk about that. You need a dog. Right. But sometimes the hardest, or you need a vacation. The hardest thing to do is just to do nothing, right. not to act on it. You have an impulse. It could be a bad one to stand back and just sort of chill out. Yeah. And, and especially, especially being alone and chilling out is tough for people. Well, yeah, that's why I masturbate. We'll be back. Loveline will be right back. Engineer Mike, was that click, 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 click thing supposed to be in that? That I was hearing click, 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 click. I, I wasn't. Oh, you weren't? Nope. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> Great, I got a tumor. Fantastic. Yeah. Let me get the phone numbers out. 1-800-LOVE-191, 1-800-568-3191. The fax number, 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carroll. That is Dr. Drew. And, oh, I heard the click again. This is me. That's my mic. Oh, just, that, was just oh that? Oh, come on, Drew. Don't just, monkey. I'm not monkey. I just moved it. And it just All right, well, stop moving. All right. All right. Mark? Yeah. You're on Love Live. Hey, how's it going, Dr. Drew, Adam? Hey, Mark. Good. How you guys doing? Good. Good. I have two questions for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first one is, is uh, I've been having a little trouble dating lately because I don't feel comfortable walking up to strange people. Uh, I guess I'm a little idealistic where I think maybe you should be friends for a while first, and that tends to be hindering the... All right, wait a minute, Mark. Don't try to make yourself come off smelling like a rose because you got problems. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's face facts. I, I don't I don't want to be cruel here, but saying stating uh, the fact that you don't get many dates by saying uh, I have a little problem with coming up to strange people because I'm a little old fashioned and pardon me for thinking we should be friends sounds like a big load of crap to me. <laughs> All right, okay. so we don't believe it, neither do you. Okay. Drew, would you like to continue? Well, only insofar as this isn't really, first of all, it's not unusual. Right, most people have difficulty walking up to strangers, and they, and, and really, we're right. talking. What That's you're talking about, beer. what you're talking about, is being able to respond. You know, pursue somebody because you're visually attracted to them, physically attracted to them. When in fact, that's not usually the best way to pursue relationships. I think you're probably better off, in fact, getting to know people through your friends, people who share similar interests, people who know the people they're going to be introducing you to. And then if they're also some kind of physical attraction, then then you have what you need to make a relationship. So you need just to work harder, I think, on meeting people through your friends, network more. Oh, actually make an effort at networking them. Yes. Rather than waiting for people yes. to come by. Yes. Uh, you don't wait for anything in life. And let, me, let me tell you something, Mark. That adage that people say when you go, oh, I'm lonely, I could use a date, and they go, stop looking. When you stop looking, that's when people saying, yeah, it's Saturday night. Instead of going out and going to a party and talking to some friends and doing a little networking, you stay home, lock the door, draw the drapes, and just rent yourself some porn. And if somebody bangs on the door, just peek right, through the right, mail slot and don't right. let them in. That is the biggest load of crap I've ever well, heard. Well, but maybe don't look so hard. Don't be so desperate is, is a good piece of but advice. But the funny thing is, is that piece of advice is never given in any other scenario. Like if you said, hey, I'm out of a job. Hey, you got to hit the streets, man. Right. you got to get a resume worked out. you got to go out there and work it. Right, right, right. You know, it's, 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 not, like, it's not like you're on the run with any, any other advice. <laughs> Any other t uh, topic in life, uh, whether you need a house, you need an apartment, you, you need a Well, but, but is it not true that when you are out there as a male, you're out there desperately pursuing a relationship, what happens to the people you pursue? They run. Right. They run. Yes. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what the man okay. is. I'm on a whole nature okay, kick but, tonight. So Mark. is it not good advice to say don't be desperate? Yes, it is. Right. Because the man is like the uh, the puma out in the uh, out in the Serengeti, if, if if there are any pumas out in the Serengeti, I don't know. But the point is, is they 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 stock. You know, they walk real low, like cats walk. You know, cats walk. They not like in the cartoons where they do that twinkle toes thing, but they walk with their backs like the bellies like dragging on the ground. And they see the they see a herd of gazelle, and a lot of the good looking ones are fast. That's right. See, the heavier ones are easier to pick off because they don't move so fast. I got you. But okay. you creep up on them like the puma, like the wily puma. You see them, and you make your move, and they scatter. Okay. And you go after them. And, you know, the best way to meet them is at the watering hole. And this is this is the bar. You know this what? Is what that, the, that makes 100%. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. They're relaxed. They're, Absolutely. That, but on the other hand, if you if you pretend to be one of those elk and kind of infiltrate, right? That's right. So, see? You, yes, you, the wily puma, know enough to get into the gazelle. Or as Drew would say, the elk outfit and infiltrate the herd. Then you can pick them off without the chase. Gotcha. And that's where the friends come in. The friends lend you the the elk outfit. You with me, Mark? 
I hear you. All right. I hear you. That All right. Sense. Get but, those. Well, you know, I got a second part to this, too. I, I've been listening to you guys for, for about a week now, and I don't understand the squeegee deal. All right. Well, that's that's uh, that's a fair question because we do talk about it, but we don't often go back and reset it right. all the time. So let me explain something. I make that mistake because I'm not a radio guy. People who are radio guys know to reset all the time. I get guests in here, and I go, hey, kids, you know, for an hour straight. Right. So, meaning if you missed the first 30 seconds of the show and you didn't know who we had on, you'll never, you'd never know. know their name because I'm a bad radio guy. So we're going to reset here with this whole squeegee thing. The squeegee thing, you know what a squeegee is? Oh, absolutely. All right. Now, when a squeegee is found in a person's bathroom. In the shower. In the shower area to squeegee off the lucite door. You know, a lot of showers have that hard acrylic door. Mark? Okay. Yeah, Mark, you, Mark, don't take notes. It's not that important. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to think of what you're... A glass, a glass, a glass uh, shower. Shower door. Okay. A shower fine. door, not a curtain. Okay. <laughs> He's picturing like a masonite hollow core inch and three quarter door with a deadbolt <laughs> on it or something. Okay. A shower door, you pinhead. Do you know what I'm talking about? I got you now. All right. They squeegee it off because the gays are very meticulous. They're very clean people. We're going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in some trouble for saying that, but there's nothing wrong. It's a compliment. They, they're very tidy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Drew, when I was trying to figure out what makes a man gay, and I was putting my list together. You, you met on the list. You put what? Pop, potpourri. Potpourri, overuse of the turtlenecks. When it's inappropriate wearing the turtleneck sweaters. Uh, too much diet soda. Cat. Too many cats. Too much yogurt. Stuff like that. During the commercial, Drew pulled me aside, and he said, squeegee. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, he moved in. Drew moved into a guy's apartment, or a guy's uh, condo. Gay couple moved out, left a squeegee behind. Then they moved into a house, Drew and his lovely wife, later on after the condo. Again, a gay couple. I've been there. I don't know why you're stocking the gays, Drew. That's another because show. Because they, they, they do wonderful care of their real estate. They, they keep it Believe nice. It. Oh, yeah. All right. Again, the squeegee is the only thing left behind. Right. That and they issue a Colt Roundup, which Drew currently keeps under his car seat. But we're not going to get into that. So Drew said, listen, the gays love the squeegees in the shower. And that's where the squeegee hypothesis and comes that's from. Purely just to squeegee the doors, huh? Just to squeegee. What were you thinking? Like putting it up each other's butt? No, I mean to right. clean the water off. Yes, the, that's all it is. Door. You, that you don't like a lot of effort to me. Well, that's that is the commitment that the gay man has to the shower area. <laughs> and we're moving on, Scott. Yes. You're on Love Line. All right. The question I have to ask is. Somebody told me something about Japanese people. You know how we have um, Coke dispensers and cigarette dispensers? Mm-hmm. You mean vending machines? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Somebody told me that they have vending machines for little girls' panties. Oh, come on. Oh, yes. Oh, come on. Yes. Yeah, really, really. Seriously. Somebody for what? This and that uh, businessmen buy these things like people buy cigarettes. For what? They I don't. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, somebody told me they smell them. Or oh come on! Oh come yes! On. No, come on! Oh yes! I'm not kidding. Yes. I'm totally serious. Yes. What? Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Why? Yes, these things are out there. Go with that, Adam. I, they certainly are. That they're uh, they're called uh, the Mrs. Livingston dispensers, as you know from watching Courtship of Eddie's Father. She was a young, attractive <laughs> Japanese woman. Japanese men enjoy. It's considered. A uh, a sign of uh, virility so to wear the women's panties on the head, especially to oh, meeting. Stop. Yes, oh yes, the Japanese very superstitious have culture. Heard, seriously, have you heard of this? Yes. No. Yes. 
400 yen you have to feed in that thing just to get a pair of briefs. That's great. Yeah. They have, they have uh, in, enslavement camps where they, have, they actually abduct Japanese uh, teenage adolescent girls. They put them into panties and force them to jog around a track, each time changing the panties, each lap, and feeding it to this network of machines stretched out all over uh, Asia. It's not just Japan. Oh, really? Oh, yes. See, I, I couldn't come up with this by myself. No, yeah. it, it, and they neither could Adam. It exists, and I'll there's parts. Let I'll me. Be honest, I'm not. I'm not smart enough to come with this by myself. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> For once, you're right, Scott. And let me tell you something. What goes on in uh, in parts of Brazil? They yeah. have the same thing with men's boxer shorts there. <laughs> I know. I was recruited as a youth. Oh, really? Yes, I would have to put on. Uh, I have to put on a pair of BVDs and uh, do gymnastics. For an hour before it then made its way into the machine. Mm-hmm. Okay, Scott. Mm-hmm. See, we have the guts here at Loveline to delve into the hard hit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the hard hitting stuff. Ryan, yeah, you're on hey, Loveline. Hey, Adam. Hey, Doctor Drew. How you guys doing? Good. Fantastic show. Started listening to you guys just about a month ago. Oh, good. And uh, listening to some of your other callers, I, I, I tend to find myself feeling normal more and more normal sometimes. <laughs> But, That's uh, why I'm got, here. That's just listening to Adam makes you feel that way. <laughs> I've got a question for you. I'm married. I've been married for uh, just over two years now and uh, tend to, to continue to have, as I did at a younger age, uh, fantasies about women I've been with. And my dreams are generally uh, faceless and nameless women. But uh, during daydreams and stuff like that, they're women I've, I've been with, women that I haven't been with that I you know, wanted to be with at one point in time. And uh, at times, it, 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 I have a lot in a day. Is it normal? Um, I don't you know, feel like I want to act out on them. I love my wife very much. I'm actually happier now than I was when I first got married. I was kind of nervous and scared and stuff like that. But uh, as time grew on, I, I have so much, uh, so much feeling of security in my relationship with my wife that I wouldn't ever even want to you know, jeopardize that. But, uh, but the fantasies get pretty explicit sometimes. And, uh, I, I think you answered your own question about the relationship you have. You're clear that it's something you want to remain with, you're committed to, and you feel good about. The fact that you have fantasies is completely normal. It is? Yeah. Okay, good. Now I'm feeling better about myself. There's nothing wrong about that. Sleepy Especially at night. 23. I mean, you're a young male still, and uh, you know that's, that's normal. So not a problem just keeping to myself, huh? Oh, yeah. Listen, oh yeah, oh yeah, listen, you hear honesty tossed about when people talk about components of a relationship. Honesty is fine when your wife is saying, are you nuts? Are you going to wear that tie? That looks like, that's fine. That kind of honesty is fine. And honesty about, you know, doing chores and other little household things, not paying a bill, that is fine. But not when it comes to these things. There's well, I no, I appreciate that. No reason she needs to hear that, and by the same token, you don't need to hear the stuff she's whipped up. And believe me, man, Anne nodding her head like one of those weird little Dodger dolls with this spring-loaded big head that sits in the yeah. back of the car. She's going a million miles an hour with that head. Believe me, women have these fantasies, huge, even more so. I think because they have uh, the ability. More so than men. They live in a, you know, men are like, I gotta see a movie and then touch myself. Women are more steeped in fantasy than men are. Anne is having one right now. Am I involved, baby? No. In a word. And we'll be back. Love line.
Call Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. That's 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Loveline will be right back. Here comes the fabulous Drew. Now, Drew, I don't mean to critique, but I have to. You know, you're a little dry, as we say in the radio business, when you read these addresses. So you can get a little more, you know, uh, you know, it's a, it's a prepared statement. There's there's no mystery there, but I want you to have fun with it. And it's that's the only direction you have to go. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Here's some, some appropriate music. Uh, go ahead. I don't know if I can do that. Just punch it up a little, uh, Drew. P.O. Box 4345, Hollywood, California, 90078. And email lub191 on America Online. That's yeah. it. All right. That was good. You sold that, Drew. We're going to get a new guy to do this tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe we can tape it. Actually, I'm going to be gone most of the week, the last oh, part of the week. Oh, Christ. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Now, what, tell us that schedule very quickly. I'll be gone Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and uh, be up and skiing in Utah. Uh-huh. And you're going to leave me here with whom? Uh, we've got Dr. Bruce, Dr. Mark, and then your grandma, I think, one night. Right. All people I can have my way with except for grandma will probably kiss, kick my ass up and down the studio. I'd like to thank Sam and Lori and Sherry for doing the phones tonight, the lovely producer, Ann, the fabulous engineer, Mike, my Myself, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, we'll be back tomorrow night. So that's it then. The opinions expressed on Loveline by Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, or anyone are not necessarily ours. Be happy. Be happy. Happy, happy, happy. happy. Loveline's producer is Ann Wilkins. Thank you. Thank this you. concludes another PodcastOne.com program.